This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 576 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Thursday, July 19th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and it's Call Your Shot episode 5. It's time. Of course, we had to have an uh, all-star break edition, and uh, for those unfamiliar, Call Your Shot is uh, a direct ripoff of Anthony Fantano's Let's Argue series, but it's for baseball. Uh, looking for your baseball-related unpopular opinions, scorching hot takes, thought-provoking questions about the second half. And then I just address them, and that's what we're going to do. So let's just start it right away. <sighs> Cody, Cody McDonald, Co-Mac-Do, do. I mean, it's, it's technically Co-Mac-Do, C-O-M-A-C-D-O, but obviously his name's McDonald, so it's Mac-Do. You know, I'm really getting lost in the weeds on something that doesn't matter, but he's the one who sent it. It says, Cal Gibson releases his own line of string trimmers. Much like his pitching arsenal, they are not electric. The noise is deafening. <laughs> and then someone chimed in. Parker Joseph 3. Kyle Gibson is good. And I, I was curious if it was a Justin Mason burner account. Um... I could see the string trimmer thing happening maybe a couple of years down the road, maybe as a uh, second career when his baseball career is over. But uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for Kyle. Well, maybe he'll make an appearance on Friday. Uh, I was out there this morning taking Charlotte out and the grass looking a little long. So they might be around weed whacking, cutting the grass. Who knows? Cecil Myers underscore or excuse me, Cecil underscore Myers. Byron Bucks in top 35 hitter in fantasy for the second half. You know, I had what I thought was a very fair follow-up question and asked him if it was in the majors, and um, he had a pretty fair retort. Real man plays minor league fantasy, but yes. And, you know, of course, uh, we're looking for bold bold stuff here and, and, and the hot takes. And so, listen, no, I, 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 I don't think so, Tim. That's a, I'm going to give a hard Al Borland on that one. But... Is it at least in the realm of possibilities? Like, is it so outlandish that that he shouldn't have said it? No, there's there's still a path. But listen, for me, I I've really brought his ceiling down. I, I I talked about this last year, and then he had the big second half. Byron Buxton did, and kind of made me look foolish, showing some of the 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 top upside. And and I don't know. It's like, okay, well, am I making the same mistake by now saying the same thing? But I don't know. You know. 
we're over a thousand plate appearances, and it's an eighty OPS plus, and I'm just not seeing where we're going to get the the changes in Buxton's profile that's going to send him on this rocket ship up. You know what it's really starting to look like. We we've talked. I think some of the names that have been bandied about at times about who who Buxton could become on on maybe the uh, the lower end of the non-bust spectrum because I don't think Cameron Mabin or BJ turned Melvin Upton are are busts, right? I I don't know that you can have like a decade-long career and truly be a bust. So that that's what I'm saying on like the lower end of the non-bust spectrum. Uh, but you know who hasn't really been brought up who might fit perfectly, especially because he was in this organization, is Carlos Gomez. I'm sure people have said it. I just haven't really seen it in writing or, or can't recall it offhand. So I'm not pretending like, whoa, eureka moment here. It's just I, I've been zeroed in on the Mabin Upton thing, and I'm really thinking maybe Carlos Gomez is, is, a, is a path that uh, the Buxton backers should maybe look at and say, hey, this could be it. As long as it's, you know, not lasting's millage and that. That's also in play. So, no, I, I don't think he's going to have that kind of second half. But uh, I will be rooting for him. Like, I, I'm not rooting against Pyron Buxton. I just don't think he's very good. Uh, Nick underscore Knack. Nick Knack. I like it. Unpopular hot take. Trout deserves MVP and Angels fail to make the playoffs, creating a massive uproar about MVP and not contending team. And Trout still wins. Yeah, I mean, he's deserved it nearly every year since entering the league. He's absolutely insane. And I do think, listen, I, I, I don't believe that the MVP has to come from a winning team. I, I really don't. I also don't think it's, it's a terrible tiebreaker, though, either. If, if things are truly equal. And you look at the American League right now. Jose Ramirez, Mike Trout, and Mookie Betts all have 6.5 wins above replacement. And by the way, Betts did his in uh, 78 games, 94 for Ramirez and 97 for Trout. And so if that kind of kept on the same trajectory and they were all in a very similar band, if not having the same exact war that they do now, and some writers maybe used that as, as, as an eliminating factor for Trout while the Red Sox and Indians are making the playoffs, that doesn't bother me as much. But when, you know, if, if Trout has 10 war and Ramirez and Betts, uh, you know, I don't want to say fall off, but, but don't kind of keep pace and, and maybe finish with like seven and a half, eight wins. That's a substantial difference for Trout and I don't think you're counting the, the 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 other 24 guys on their teams at that point. I think that that Trout wins there. So I that's that's kind of how I am with it with the assessing, um, you know, team performance into the MVP. Crazy. Now this is my guy here. So we actually ended up having a nice nice discussion here. So I would actually probably point y'all to to the uh, tweet. It'll be my pinned tweet. With these responses, you can kind of go through the thread if you'd like, because uh, I'm not going to dive too deeply in, into it. Because we had nice, like I said, nice back and forth. It was fun. Um, but he says, "Look back at at Mike Trout's first thousand games and tell me what the highlights are or what the highlight is." Um, 
and and he compares it to Derek Jeter. I could not narrow down Derek Jeter's highlights to ten for his first thousand games. And for me, I you know my pushback was like I can't I can't recall the highlights from Jeter's first thousand games mainly because I don't know where the where in that trajectory or where in that timeline the highlights are the ones that I do remember the flip and the uh, the the face first dive into the stands, um, but. You know, I don't know. We, we, I think we kind of came to an accord in the discussion there. And so, again, that's why I'd recommend maybe kind of going through that as opposed to me reading just all of the tweets. And maybe I should have just skipped it. But I, I just wanted to acknowledge Crazy. You know, it was a good good discussion. It was fun to have a little debate there. And, uh, and of course, you know, no one's feelings getting hurt. We're just having a back and forth. Um, let's see. You know, there was a lot of Mike Trout ones, and these, these, this is going in order. Next up, Carlton Searcy, CCRC31. I'm going to be trying to make Mike Trout's off-field life more interesting by overplaying his weather interest feels forced and unimaginative. To which I said there isn't a ton to go on. And, um, you know, this kind of played out, interestingly enough. I, I think our tweets, they might have been parallel to when it was going on, but he and I had this interaction and then I, I learned. And so maybe he was sparked from seeing Manfred's comments or whatever. I, I don't know the timeline of Manfred's comments, but I was a little late to them about basically saying that trout, you know, actually, let me, let me actually just pull it up because I I would like to read. I think it's an interesting situation here. First autocomplete, by the way, Uh, if you type Rob Manfred is Mike trout. Um, he he was talking about trout and kind of the the marketability uh, of trout and he says um mike has made decisions on what he wants to do and doesn't want to do how he wants to spend his free time and not spend his free time uh you know i want to read the full thing cuz that that's just that's just a little bit off of it and i want to i want to get the full thing i'm leaving this in i apologize for those of you that don't like the uh, the the meandering a bit on on the solo ones or the uh the drinks of water, but it's, it, listen, it's, it's, it's a stream of consciousness sort of thing. Okay. Now I'm getting pop-ups. Now I'm starting to get mad. Could you just show me the comments? I just read them earlier today. Uh, let's see here. Maybe this website will have it. I'm not going to start naming names because if they don't have it. Oh yeah. Right here. <clears throat> Player marketing. This is Rob Manfred on Mike Trout. Do not start some sort of video. Thank you very much. Player marketing requires one thing for sure, the player. You cannot market a player passively. You cannot market anything passively. You need people to engage with those uh, to whom you are trying to market in order to have effective marketing. We are very interested in having our players more engaged and having higher profile players and helping our players develop their individual brand, but that involves the player being actively engaged. And then he said that stuff about Mike Trout, about how he's great, and he kind of chooses what he wants to do and not do. So... I'm torn on this because right out, right away I'm going to say that I think the MLB is absolutely terrible at marketing their players. I think they do a horrible job. Um, it, it, it's unbelievable with the bevy of stars that they have and, and the personalities that they could market and put forward and put, put in in front of potential fan bases and i'm not just talking about like being on a standard tv commercial in fact i think that's kind of a losing play who the hell watches tv 
um, especially in terms of the market that they're trying to get. They've already got all the old people. Those are the ones still watching TV, myself included, by the way. I, I have cable. Um, but as far, and, and as far as the Mike Trout thing, I, I don't think he's necessarily wrong there. Like I said to uh, Carlton, there's not a lot to go on with Trout. When he talked about, you know, they're forcing up the, the weather thing. Well, what else is there to go off of? Right. So in the one instance, I'm like, Manfred was just being honest. And that's the thing, too, because he, he, he's getting a lot of heat for it. We always want people to be honest and, and not just be boring, milk toast, give nothing answers. And then the second that they do what is being asked, they are critiqued. And that is absolutely – then that's why they don't say anything because you cannot win. He is not wrong about Mike Trout. He is not crapping on Mike Trout either. He's just pointing out what it is. Listen, this guy, our best player, is not really interested in being plastered on everything or, or out in front of everything. And that is okay. Then don't worry about marketing him first and foremost. Market the throngs of other players. That you can that you can market in this game that have great personalities that can be out in front and represent your game well, because you're still not doing that well. So so you can talk about Mike Trout not wanting to be out in front. Okay, then move on to the tens upon tens of guys that can do it in all the cultures too, because you know there there are some excellent um, Latin based players that I think would be great faces of the game. And maybe they're not um, as well-versed in English, and so that they, that would make them you know, cautious about doing things that, that are English-based. Then, then get, get them out in front in, in their country and, and in their language, too, because there's plenty of Spanish-speaking folks here. Get them out in front that way. You know, it doesn't... I don't have all the answers. Right? I'm, not, I'm not some marketing major. But I, I feel comfortable in saying that it, it's easy to see that, that MLB does a poor job, plain and simple. You know, and despite adding bottom line, uh, adding to the revenues, let me take a drink here. Despite their revenues still going up, they can't get blinded by that because they're not adding to a core, core fan base as as kind of the latter end of the age spectrum perhaps moves on let, let, let me i'll be honest fine let's just be clear about what i'm saying as they die off they're not replenishing on the back end well enough <clears throat> and they have people in charge of this marketing that need to have those answers i don't need to have those answers but i know damn well that they're not doing a good enough job it's clear to everyone paying attention. And so, again, I, I'm, I'm now starting to get into the circular part of just repeating, but I didn't necessarily have a problem with him saying that about Trout, and I, nor did I have a problem with L.A. Uh, the Angels putting out a statement backing their guy and saying, listen, he's a great guy. Uh, you know, he stays out of trouble. He's, he's in the community. He, you know, he's, he's amazing at everything. And listen, he is, and, and they were right to take up for their guy that looked like, because it was being painted as an attack, so they stuck they stuck up for him. It wasn't an attack. I, I think it's absolutely absurd that that it was that it was painted that way, or or 
the vitriol and, and colossal overreaction at Manfred. But that's kind of the culture we're in. So that, that'll probably keep him from ever trying to speak out front anymore. Um, next up is at SV, SVP's hair. This one's interesting because if this one comes true, th- this is the all-time winner because this will require some foresight that I just I couldn't have predicted. Bauer wins the AL Cy Young. Okay, you're with me there. Snell wins the NL. Damn, dog. Where is he getting traded? And he's doing so well that they're going to be looking to vote for him despite only two-plus months in the NL. That's going to be – I'm looking forward to that. I am really looking forward to that. So I messaged him back and said, that's especially, that'd be especially impressive if Snell won the NL from Tampa Bay. And he says, just keeping you on your toes, Paul, which I think is, is, um, you know, him protecting himself. I, th- I, it was a slick little comeback. Just, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm watching you. Okay. No, no, no. I caught you slipping. Moose man. 1119 says the MLB needs a heel and the Yankees are the ones that need to step up. Yeah, you know, the only problem is they have a bit of a likable team. I mean, as far as that goes, that it's not a problem that they have a likable team. But but as far as t- turning heel and, you know, you guys have listened long enough. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Yankees hater. I own it. It is because they're great. Uh, it is because of the evil empire. But they got a lot of damn likable players on that team. A lot. A lot of them. Judge, I mean, what a great superstar. I'm a big Aaron Hicks fan. Didi. Glaber, really interesting. Sevy. Um, you know, I like Batances. Tanaka is a good guy. He seems like a good guy. I don't know. I, I don't know Masahiro Tanaka. This just in. Cece, an amazing guy, veteran. You know, no one talks enough about his story, man. About where he was going, where his career was. was could have been ready to just not, not, even, not even sink. It could have just flat stopped in that 2014 15 area when, when things were going South, it could have just been like, well, that's it. You're th- you know, you're going to be in your mid thirties. You're posting five ERAs, you know? Oh, and, and you, wow, you have a drinking problems. So you're going to take time to get, re- get right with that. And maybe that's the end of the career. No, no, no. I'm going to take time to get right with that. And I'm going to come back and put up three damn good years. Well, two plus, cause we're in the midst of the third. He's got 428 innings of a 374 ERA, which is good for a 117 ERA whip, uh, ERA plus, excuse me, for CC Sabathia. Um, that's an incredible, like, the the rebound is is great from on the field, but off the field is what's really impressive there. So I don't know if they're the ones to make the heel turn. Maybe it's got to be a different a different club. Maybe the Cubs turn around and Madden becomes uh like super snarky and. And they just they just become super hateable or something, or the Red Sox are always there, ready to be hated. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, there, there's a lot of likable teams at the top right now, but uh, I, I say that as as you know, team uh, a guy rooting for a rebuilding team that's just kind of surveying the landscape here. I know those of you that are fans of the opposite, you know, the, the rivals of these teams are like, no, 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 I hate that team. Don't worry. I have no problem hating the Yankees. I'm sure you Boston fans are screaming right now, but uh, maybe that maybe they're the right team for the heel turn. They're, they're the easy target for sure. This guy, I've never heard of this guy. He got a blue check somehow. You, you, I know you can buy them these days. So that's probably what happened at Jason Callet, Collett at Jason Collett. I don't know. Um, but again, blue check. So either bought it or maybe knows somebody. 
winner of the All-Star game determines DH rule the rest of the season. I love this. This is this is sheer brilliance. Carry on, Jason. Paul Swiden, former fan grafter, hardball timeser, running his own bookstore now, like a G. Um all my all my opinions are popular just by virtue of me saying them. Okay, well, you know, that's a hot take in itself, though, so you still played the game. Um, at Matthew Stieg 1, Jose Ramirez joins Albert Bell as the only players to hit 50 homers and 50 doubles in a season. Wins MVP over Trout and Betts. I would love this. That Albert Bell season is absolutely one of my favorite seasons ever, and because of that season, I wanted him in MLB The Show, I, wanted, I was hoping they would get his rights so they could make a card replicating that season, and I could I could nerd out and, and, and play with that card. It is in the game. It takes a lot of work to get it, and I, I still don't have it, but I will have it soon. Uh, I would love to see this with Ramirez. He's been so amazing, man. And you know, I think what, what gets lost a little bit with Jose Ramirez is that he's 25. <laughs> you know, everyone kind of knows that Lindor is a young buck. He's got the baby face and everything, and, and he's kind of the the face of the now and the future. Uh, Ramirez is going to be right there. They are 24 Lindor, 25 Ramirez, respectively. And and they've got Ramirez on a nice deal now, too. Actually, do they have both? Why do I think Lindor got a deal as well? Let me, let me peep that real quick. Because I know Ramirez is, is set up nicely. Um Lindor is no, he doesn't have a deal. Pardon me, but but the earliest that he's a free agent is twenty twenty two, and they've got uh, Ramirez locked through through twenty one, and then options of eleven and thirteen and twenty two twenty three. I mean, it would take a lot for him to not be worth those at twenty eight twenty nine and thirty for Jose Ramirez. Like he could be a utility player at that point. You know, putting up 450 plate appearances of like a 115 OPS plus, and that would still be worth 11 mil, especially at that you know at that time in, in the majors. So yeah, I like that. I hope it happens. At Mills Gaming TV, the Orioles end up with a better record the second half of of the season without Manny than their first half with him. Ooh, and then he says, and cheating your timeline because I was saying second half. He's looking for a winter one here. But he ponsones and signs back with the Orioles in the offseason. Now that's interesting. I like both aspects there. I don't think either are coming true. I I, I love Mills and, and his delusions are some of the most fun things. There was this one time he was trying to tell me that the Orioles were good. And oh my God, it was hilarious. He was trying to tell me about this time that they were in the playoffs. And... and um, Zach Britton didn't get used and he had had like this amazing season, uh, like, uh, like a one ERA or something, or, or I think it was even like a half ERA. It was a half run ERA and they were in like their only game of the playoffs and then they didn't use him. And I was like, dude, that's an insane nightmare. I'm sorry you went through that, but then you woke up and you went about your life. Right. And then he showed me baseball reference and it actually happened. And I hugged him. I hugged that man. And I said, it's okay, but it's not okay. Um, no, this is not going to happen. You know, I will say this though: they did well with the Manny Ramirez, Manny Machado trade, Manny Ramirez, Manny Machado trade. Um, I'm sure Justin and I will really get into it. I really like New Zealand Diaz out at the Arizona Fall League, though. I thought they did well with that one. Uh, big old Buck underscore Big old Buck underscore Cardinals look to make some noise and trade for Degrom. 
Ooh. You know, that's that that would be noise making. They've made some noise firing Matheny, um, trying to, you know, flip things around that way. If they also brought in a big arm like that, wow. That would be something else. Now you're talking now you're lining up to Grom Martinez Flaherty walk a weaver or, or no michaelis excuse me wait did michaelis get sent down because he's not showing bold no he was at the all-star game wasn't he why is he not showing bold on their thing oh paternity list there you go that's why that's why he is off the roster right now uh but okay so if the, if that happened if they got Degrom, you're talking Degrom, martinez michaelis waka flaherty with weaver and flaherty they're kind of like getting that, that, that fifth spot to the finish line. I mean, that would be major. I don't know what they'd, what they'd give. I think they'd have to probably include some people off the major league roster like a Harrison Bader or Tyler O'Neill. Actually, O'Neill's down. But, you know, what some of these guys that are that are already contributing but then maybe dip deep into the minors. I don't know. It could probably be done. Here's the thing. Most teams could trade for any one player. It's just a matter of how much you would want to devastate your system. I feel like you can get a, a collection, enough of a collection of prospects to get any player. It's just a matter of how much you, you, you want to uh, vacate the system. Here's one from NRN740. Hyunjin Ryu will have a healthy second half with an ERA under 330. You know... I can get behind the the performance part. The health part is is what gets me, uh, but he absolutely fits, you know, my notion of investing in 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 the talent and and just kind of letting the the health play out and see see where it kind of goes. Um, he's a damn fine pitcher. Ryu is. He really is. He's supposed to be out for another couple weeks, uh, working on that groin strain. He was on the sixty day DL, so I don't think he he can come back till the end of the month. But he does have 30 innings of 212 so far this year. And he had a 377 in 127 innings last year, Ryu did. So, you know, I could see him pitching a low threes. It's just a matter of if he's going to stay healthy and, and, and thus how many innings he's going to get. But I don't rule out the, the, the performance piece. That's an interesting one. And Ryu could be somebody to stash and, and, and take a shot and see what you can get when he does return. At Real Mig Train says Oakland A's get the second wild card spot and beat the Yankees in a one game wild card playoff. That would be amazing. I did pick Oakland to make the the playoffs this year, um, but as I as I've mentioned before on the show, I, I I if they made it, it'd be cool, and I would definitely hype myself because why not? It would be fun because those you know we we put those predictions out, and outside of some of the like super chalky ones. You're kind of hail marys. You, it'd be cool to get it right, but but you know it's like, hey, I was just kind of feeling this, and and I put it out there, and, and it happened. I, I would I would it would be fake hype. I wouldn't be like I, I absolutely knew this. The main reason is because two factors that I really thought would push Oakland to the playoffs were gone before the season started: Jarrell Cotton and AJ Puck. So. I, I would be like, listen, it, it's cool that they made it, but I got so lucky. <laughs> um, we were talking about this on my on my Twitch stream on, on Wednesday night, that they should trade for Britain and just go Trinan and Britain, righty-lefty version of, of one another uh, with Trevino and Ryan Buchter 
Emilio Pagan, and just like that bullpen, just make it absolutely nasty and and kind of keep piecing it together with the starters because that's where they're at right now. Cahill's back, but for how long? Manaya, you know, you look at the bottom line for Manaya. He still has a three forty two ERA. Now the skills are saying that it's it's not that good, and and hit suppression has been key to his uh, .99 whip. He doesn't have a lot of strikeouts, 6.0 per nine, and 1.3 homers. So it's a really weird season. Um, you know, so they don't have a lot of great starting pitching. So I think going and getting a big piece in the bullpen and somebody like Zach Britton, obviously they're kind of betting. And that's that's the kind of thing they could do, though, is because they'd, they'd be able to buy a little bit low, A, because he's a rental, and B, because Britton hasn't been that great. Check his medicals, see where it's at, and if they like what they see, go for it. I think that could be a huge move for for the A's, uh, Zach Britton. All right, let's see here. Uh, I'm taking another drink. Um, Brewski15 says, Luis Gohara is a top 40 pitcher for the second half. In parentheses, puts dependent on nailing down a rotation spot, which is fine. You know, I I, I I dig that caveat. Obviously, he wouldn't believe that if he was in, in a bullpen role. I like this one. Um, I like Gohara. I think he's got a lot of talent. He was really interesting coming in. Then he hurt his ankle, and that kind of that kind of took me off as far as the redraft situation. I just kind of wanted to play a little wait and see instead. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he has thrown 20 innings in the majors. They haven't really gone well with the 595 ERA, but I think that's a substantial blow-up or or two. Yeah, six runs in two-thirds of an inning, um, a a relief outing at San Diego. I mean, that's doing the bulk of the damage here. He's given up seven runs in 19 innings otherwise. So, you know, that that is obviously the very nature of small samples and and why you have to be very... um, suspect of them and, and kind of check out the makeup but yeah i could i could see something i could see a second half surge from gohara i i don't rule that out and that'd be that'd be big for them for the braves m striker m underscore striker s-t-r-e-i-c-h-e-r striker 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 why would it be striker in what world is that striker god i'm dumb Marco Gonzalez finishes as the top AL West SP outside of Houston, even with an innings limit. So you're going outside of Houston. You're looking at, um, does he have anybody? Well, that, that, you know, just on his own team, that's James Paxton that he's ahead of. That alone is enough, I think, to put it on the hot take uh, platform. However, eliminating Houston cools it a little bit because the Angels everyone who's pitched for them is on the disabled list. Um, Texas, I mean, no. And, and then I guess, you know, Manaya. But, hey, I'm I'm still accepting it because Marco Gonzalez over James Paxton is still something something to say. Listen, I, I certainly believe in, in some talent for Marco Gonzalez, um, and I think he's somebody to be taken seriously as a fantasy asset as well. This was a first-round pick who was supposed to come to the to the majors in, in kind of a completed form, you know, like right off the top, kind of be who he was, solid mid-rotation guy. Injuries crushed it, cr- crushed him and, and really derailed him to now, but he's still just 26, and he's found his footing, and he looks really sharp, and I do believe in the talent here. Uh, I'm still going to take Paxton, but uh, just to kind of say, 
Marco Gonzalez don't don't completely run away from him and and think that uh, that this isn't that this isn't legit on some level. You know, you're still talking about a guy who's not a huge K guy and who works off of a command and control sort of uh, uh, profile, but that's a valuable profile, and I still think that there's going to be nice ERA and WHIP here, uh, even if you're not getting great strikeouts from Marco Gonzalez. At Finney Baseball says Ozzy Albies pulls the old switcheroo with his speed and power and swipes 20 bags and hits nine homers in the second half, almost going 30-30. I love it. Amplify it. He's going 50-50 idiots. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I, re- I really like that one. I could see something like that. Um, maybe not you know, the complete switcheroo, but that's part of what makes it the hot take. But I could see if 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 the power smooths out a bit. I mean, he already has 20 homers. I was telling y'all that, like, I love him. I think he can hit 16 homers this year. You know, something like it, like that. And he's already got 20 at the break. But I also thought he was going to have a boatload of bags. I was thinking 290 with, like, 35 steals. And then the homers aren't going to be so important. So we'll see if he runs more. Um, I think a lot of it would be if 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 there's more singles than than power hits because right now 29 doubles, three triples, 20 homers. Uh, how many opportunities has he had to steal? Um, yeah, he does have a boatload of singles. I'm sure he does have plenty of steal opportunities, but how many times are are the bases clogged to the point where he can't really steal? Um, I, I know he could have more than nine steals. Albies could, but uh, I, I could see more in the second half, more steals. Ooh, Zach, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with a freezing cold take uh, here since this one's already gone. At ZV Sanders, Manny Machado plays another game for the Orioles this year. He, no, he does not. That one's done. Wait, he might have sent that in the morning, and maybe he was trying to count the All Star game and be be funny. Nah, we're roasting him. Terrible call, Zach. Get out of here. Former uh, former Rotographs guy, Zach Sanders. Give him a follow, at ZB Sanders. Um, the Z Bevan. Jesus Aguilar leads the majors in homer with 52. Man, I want this one to come true just because it would be so cool that Jesus freaking Aguilar leads the league at homers. Um, man, I, who do I think is going to lead? Because I don't hate that. Like I was looking at his profile. I wrote, uh, I wrote a piece on the all-fantasy team value team i did too i did one on on just the straight up best values and i know that's kind of like a leaderboard or whatever but it i try to write content that that i want to see myself and i think it's interesting to kind of just see okay who's been the best at every position just straight up and where were they drafted like i i I find that kind of interesting and then i put a little commentary on most of them some of them i would just put you know, jokes or whatever, just said, oh my God, he's so amazing. But others, I tried to pull a little something on there. Um, but then the other, the next one was the fantasy, the all value guys. And that one's obviously, I think, even more interesting where you're talking about the best guys at every position drafted later. And I used a loose threshold of pick 150 or later. Um, I had to stretch it at shortstop because it's so ugly. And I just wanted to kind of highlight Trevor's story, what he's doing. Um, but yeah, I wrote Aguilar up. 
he was 535th because NFBC has those 50-round drafting holds. So he still did register an ADP, even though it was that late. It just kind of tells you that he was basically undrafted in in standard mixed leagues is, is what you need to know about Aguilar. But I look at the profile, and I don't see anything that that says that this is going to completely fade, right? I, I don't see where the cratering is in this profile for Jesus Aguilar. Is it going to come down from a 995 OPS and 298 average? Yeah, probably. I think that's just a safe bet, right? He just had the best half of his life. Um, of course it's going to smooth out. I, I would smooth out established stars who put up a 159 WRC plus uh, in the first half outside of guys named like Mike Trout and maybe a couple of others. So yeah, if it's going to come down, but could he could he keep the home run pace and keep hitting 27% of his fly balls? over over the fence yeah i think he could and so i think he could lead the league in homers my official pick is ozzy albies no um that's stupid um god how cool would it be if jose ramirez does it that's just incredible now i'm gonna be super lame and take mike trout he's gonna lead the league in homers but i like the jesus aguilar call um, another drink time. Oh my gosh, this would be crazy. At each thorn's peril, Red Sox implode despite several deadline deals and finish third in the AL East, giving the Angels the second wild card. Don't sleep on the second part of that where the Angels get back in the mix. That might be more wild. Well, no, no, that's, that's the second most wild part. But, uh, the Red Sox Holy hell, the implosion that would take. They're 19 games clear of the Rays right now. That would take some kind of meltdown. It would basically take whatever these these hypothetical trades are to go as poorly as they could go. Every guy they get would just have to fail and then a few key injuries to guys they already have. That would be wild. A. Kappa says, Yasiel Puig fails to outperform Eric Thames in four of five roto categories the rest of the season. So I'm going to assume he's giving him, uh, he's giving Puig steals. I think that's safe to safe to assume. Let me see what Thames is up to. They have an embarrassment of riches over there, by the way, because Thames can't even play all the time. Oh, he's back on the DL right now, so that might that might hurt with a right hamstring strain and no definitive timetable. Maybe. Anthony knows about that, and he was still saying, "You know what? I don't care if he comes back August 12th. I'm still saying it." Listen, I, I love Puig. Um, I've always made you know I've made that clear on the on this show, but it hasn't been a great season. I'm not going to sit here and and you know try to tell you that. Oh, he's also on the DL. I forgot that uh, he's on the DL for the oblique strain. So maybe it's just a race to see who gets off the DL first. Um, but I mean. If he maintains or or improves on what he's done so far when Puig comes back, it's still going to be only one year as a below average bat. And that was a 98 OPS plus in 2016, which is basically average. So for all the consternation about Puig, he's still an above average bat. Always. The most second half home runs. Oh, by the way, this is by Matthew Curio. The most second half home runs hit by a Yankees outfielder named Aaron will be Hicks, not Judge. Oh my God, you're just tailoring this to me. I mean, if you think I like uh, Yasiel Puig, he's got nothing on Aaron Hicks. 
I, I so desperately want the Aaron Hicks full breakout to happen, which means he's got to stay healthy in the second half and set a new career high in games. His career high is 123. So, he, I mean, he's got to go far beyond it to really kind of have that full-on breakout season, like 140-plus games. Actually, how many games are even left? The Yankees have played... Um, There's 67 games. Can you even do that? He has to play all of them to play 143 games. Dang it, Aaron. You're already going to struggle to get 140. But you know what? I love it. Um, I'm I'm with this one, Matthew. Aaron Hicks hits more homers than Aaron Judge second half. Book it. They both stay healthy, too. Uh, Despicable D says the A's get the second wild card, bumping the Nurs, the Mariners, out of the spot and send, <laughs> and send Mariners fans into what they call October. Yikes. I mean, that's some shade there on, on the old Mariners fans. I already, I already told you how I feel about the A's, so I'm with this one. Uh, Mega Z says Jack Flaherty will win the NL Rookie of the Year. He is still eligible, right? This isn't going to be an Edinson Volquez situation where he was getting votes uh, a year he wasn't eligible. Yeah, okay. Jack Flaherty is is still intact here. Um, I think I like this one a lot. I think I like uh, Jack Flaherty as a Rookie of the Year very strongly. Let me take a look at the NL Rookies. In case I'm missing anyone glaring and I'm going to look remarkably stupid. Let's see. On the offense, well, Juan Soto is doing an amazing job. And I think if he continues in the second half at any sort of clip near what he's done, that's going to uh, put a wrinkle in, in Flaherty's plans here. Let me look at NL pitching rookies. Uh, Bueller's going to hit an innings limit for sure. I mean, Flaherty dang well could too, but uh, Bueller's guaranteed to. There's just no way. Sir Anthony Dominguez, he, I mean, he would have to save like 25 games or something. And Andrew Suarez, he's been good, but I could see Flaherty overtaking him. I really think it's Soto and Flaherty. Those those are two, but that's a good one, Megazine. I like that one, Zach. At Zach MW1, by the way. Uh, let's see. Whoa! At J Smith 757. I guess it's not it's bad enough that they brutalize them every October when they face them, but now the Yanks. Oh, by the way, that was my commentary. His comment is just Yanks will get Barrios from the Twins. To which I was saying, not only do they just keep beating them every time the Twins make the playoffs, but now they're going to take their ace. Damn. At Colin Costman, now here's an unpopular opinion: baseball should just allow ties. As a night owl, I am firmly against this. Um, once we get into like the 13th inning of a game, I'm literally rooting for whoever's down. Should there be any scoring? Of course, I'm rooting for no scoring and just for the game to keep going. Uh, but the second somebody scores, I am so firmly on the other team. I'm just, I'm ready to go, but it ruins the bullpen for all these other days. Okay. And go get some other players from the minors. You've got 800 players in your organization. Figure it out. I'm not I'm not feeling bad here. No ties. Get out of here with that. At Marty Schwatzen, Javi Baez does not take his foot off the gas, finishes 35-35 in a top five overall player. Dang. If he goes 35-35, I mean, top five is, is certain. Wouldn't he be? I mean, he'd have to be very close to the number one because the 35 steals would be so impactful. 
And you'd have to think that if he's doing that, if Baez is, is going 35-35, then the batting average is, is good. That would be something. He's so talented. He really is, man. And, and you know, going back to the, the conversation earlier about marketable players, he's so electric. And it's just you really can feel it when you're watching him. It, it's a vibe. And, you know, I'm sure there's NL Central fans that hate the Cubs and they root against him and they have that kind of sports hate for him, uh, which is all, you know, leave it at that, by the way. Sports hate just kind of, oh, I, I, I hate that guy, you know, playful or whatever. Don't Don't be weird about it you don't actually hate somebody on another team because they're good at at baseball against your your team okay but but you say it in like the sports hate way we all understand what's going on um but yeah even those people i think can admit that they're watching him with the magnetism because they want to see it not go right just to kind of go against him but those that are cubs fans or just baseball fans like I mean, he's so magnetic. He really is. And he's so good at so many things, Javier Baez is. He's, like, really good at special teams, too. Like, the the tagging, the base running, um, you know, it, it, it's it's so impressive what he does. And, of course, his bats really come alive this year. Uh, let's see. Next up. Wow, Bregman gets more. Whoa. Is this even possible? At Slam Daddy 2. Bregman gets more extra base hits than Altuve and Correa combined. What? How many would that be? Like 180 extra base hits? Let's see. Well, I guess he's having Correa on the DL for a while. Right now, Correa has 30 and Altuve has... six. Uh, total, they have 64. Okay. Let's let's just be super lazy, double it, and then take off like twenty. So that's one oh eight. And um Bregman has fifty two right now. So even if we double it, that's a hundred and four. No way. I mean I guess he's got Correa on the DL for a long time then. It would have to be. But it's looking like he's gonna be back at the end of the month here. I like it. I mean, it fits what we're going for here, right? Obviously, some of these are going to be dismissed out of hand. as like, what are you talking about? And that's kind of what we're doing here. Uh, but no, I, I can't get with this one. I love what Bregman's doing. He's been great. And I wonder if this is going to just be a career-wide thing where he just always kind of slow out of the gate, man. He's the tortoise. He's like, it's six months. I'm, I'm going to be here a while. I'm not, not necessarily going to hit the ground running. It seems, you know, when he first came up, I think he started like 0 for 22, Bregman did. And then his first full season last year, he started off pretty pretty weakly. And then this year, he was hitting sub 200 deep into April. And and then he just turns it on. It's, it's wild to see. And he's been incredible having a career year. 20 homers, 8 stolen bases. Uh, 20 homers, by the way, already a new career high. He had 19 last year, and he played all year. He played 155 games. So, yeah, Bregman's not going to hit more extra base hits than Altuve and Korea combined. I, I can't see that. Uh, Soif, Swaf, S-O-I-F-A, S-O-I-F. Soif, Soif. You know, can you guys just have, like, Super easy to pronounce names, so I don't have to pronounce them. Tigers deal Castellanos to the Braves. Listen, I've been saying in my streams, 
if the Tigers are going to make trades of Fulmer and, and Casty, talk with the Braves. Talk with the Dodgers. Talk with the Yankees. Talk with these teams that have great farm systems. I'm okay with it. I love Casty, and I think that he's, you know, he's 26. I think he can be around for the next good team. He'd be, you know, the veteran for sure, 29, 30, uh, depending on when they really start to come come through. Um, but he's not somebody that they have to keep at all costs. If they traded him to a, a talent-rich team like the Braves, I'm here for it. If the Dodgers, uh, if the Yankees want to get in on Fulmer, I'm here for it. Let's accelerate this turnaround. So yeah, let's let's see it. Um, at Ben Bias, Benjamin Paskinoff, bullpen report, uh, uh, what are you, alumnus. Uh, MLB should work on teaching the youth how much more money one can make choosing baseball over other professional sports. Steal those future Giancarlos before they focus solely on football. I completely agree here. This goes. It, it's not the exact same thing as the as the marketing thing, but. It it, it it relates, I would say. I would say it, it's absolutely related because if you're marketing your game well and you're gaining fans younger, they're wanting to play. And then they're not going into football, basketball, you know. And sure, we're seeing some peelback from football as as kind of a nation because of the the, you know, brain injury concerns and everything like that. Very valid concerns, especially when you consider starting them so young when their brains aren't developed, let alone what happens in the college and pro levels. Uh, but it's, it's not obviously some, you know, mass departure from the game, but, but we're seeing so, some youth numbers certainly shift. Baseball needs to be there to scoop up that talent. And, you know, if you want to look at it just like purely from a dollars and cents, they've got guaranteed contracts. They make a lot of money. Now it can take longer and it's a harder game to succeed. Hitting is just so hard, but you know, there, there's a lot of uh, remarkably athletic players in different sports that could come over. And even if they aren't superstars, make bank and, and, and be assets in the game, you know, be, be good players in the game, positive, uh, you know, top 10 on their team, sort of contributors and and I would love to see it. I'm, I'm totally with you there, Benjamin. Uh Louis oh at B Wheaton fifty nine oh eight. Luis Castillo will be sent to the minors. Unfortunately I could see this happening. You know, if he if he just keeps keeps toting like a five something ERA, they might just say, hey, let's let's get you a breather down there. Um you know get you a few starts, maybe a skip so you get a, you can take a breath down there but they're not wasting a roster spot. He's got a 5.49 ERA and there's some skills and you can see it flash here and there when you watch a Luis Castillo start, but you know, prospect growth isn't linear and this is I mean, he's proving it so so fiercely. Um I could totally see this one and that would be such a bummer. I was so geeked on him. To then see him possibly go to the minors, that would suck, but it might it might be necessary. Uh, I will say in three three July starts, does have a 345 ERA. I guess I completely retract what I was going to say. Uh, Luis Castillo for Cy Young. Book it. Book it. At Chains 18, at Xander Bogarts hits more second half homers than any other shortstop. I am so here for this one. I am still waiting for that full-on superstar turn from Bogarts because I still think it's in there. I really do. And he's having a great year. So no, you know, 
it, it's kind of already happening, to be honest. I, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't be acting like, hey, can you do more? Because he's having a, a full-on breakout season. He's already got 16 homers, um, which is more than he hit all of last year. And again, he played all year, 635 plate appearances, and he hit 10. Um, the triple slash is up. He's ha- He's been excellent. He has. I want him to kind of like take over the game for a month where everyone's just bugging out on Xander Bogarts. I just think he's so good. He's 25. Oh, he's amazing. An amazing guy. There's another guy that needs to be out front and center being marketed. Um, you know, and again, back to Manfred's point, though, the guys have to want it. I can name these guys, and if, if it's not something they're interested in, then I understand that, but Bogarts is the man. I love that guy. I, I, I'm going to end on that one because that was, that was a great one. I want to thank everybody who responded. I I get more responses every time and it's so cool because when I first started, first off, I had a lot of trepidation because I was, I was biting, um, I, I was biting something from somebody, but I, I, you know, and that's why I reached out to him. I want to be clear. Listen, I'm, I want to take this idea because it's great and, and make it baseball related. And you guys have just responded every, every time and, and it's, it gets better and better. We'll definitely do another one soon. Maybe a trade edition one where you guys throw out your, your wild ass trades. Uh, in fact, I, I just made up that idea. I think we're going to have to do that then. Maybe it'll come out. Let's see. Maybe I'll post the tweet on like the 24th, so next Tuesday, and then I'll run it next Thursday on the 26th, something like that. So start start concocting your trades, uh, your, your wild call-your-shot trades, and, uh, and, and, and we'll, do a, we'll do a trade episode. But thank you guys so much. I really appreciate that you guys are participating in this. And um, Justin, I'll be back tomorrow. Peace. fair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league well look no further and download squad ql the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year download squad ql for free for your apple and android devices squad ql recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters bench players and free agent pool how does squad ql actually do this the app connects directly with your yahoo espn and cbs leagues pulling in your actual roster your league scoring system the app also provides waiver wire recommendations daily updates to player rankings and much more head to the apple app or google play stores to download squad ql your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager squad ql is brought to you by the creators of roto ql the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.